Hello world, welcome to the High Paying Bastards. We are your hosts, Ian and Ari. Here, we will discuss anything related to video game culture, so please, take a seat and join us. Ian, welcome back. Welcome back, my man. How are you doing? I'm good, my man. I'm good. How are you doing? How was your week? <laughs> Pretty good on my end. I, you know, as per your suggestion, I watched the uh, Godzilla Minus One. Really good movie. I enjoyed it very thoroughly. So it was a good recommendation. Fantastic, right? I, man, I was blown away by it. It's if you haven't seen it, I think it's still in theaters until like the fourteenth. Um, I know they extended it from when they were originally going to stop showing it. So if you haven't seen it, go see that shit because it is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's kind of a limited release. So definitely, you know, if people want to check it out, they should because we should be encouraging movies as good as these. It's only like $15 million movie from Japan, but it looks like it's worth 100 to $200 million kind of movie. For real. I mean, like you said, this this is the kind of shit that you should go see to just promote. Like, this is the kind of shit that we want, you know? keep putting out bangers like this yeah i'm kind of excited to see where like this particular godzilla universe goes there has been like a lot of speculation around so many different godzilla universes being popping up from japan and united states and this is definitely right now in my opinion the best one that i've seen yeah uh hands down it's it's Probably, I will say that it's probably the best Godzilla movie out there. Well, I really enjoyed the uh, human element on the Godzilla Minus One very much, you know, with the story about the kamikaze pilot. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but, you know, definitely recommend people to go and check it out. Uh, with that being said, you know, I think we should probably move forward, right? Yeah, we yeah we should probably, because there's a lot to talk about. Because if you didn't know, we just had the Game Awards uh, last Thursday. Ari, I think this was your first one, right? Yeah, this is definitely the first time I'm watching an award show for video games. I know they've existed in the background like every year, but I never really was interested in watching award shows. But this year, there were a lot of games that I enjoyed coming out. For example, Baldur's Gate 3 and etc. So I wanted to see how they fare up against other games of equal caliber. So it was kind of nice to watch it. And plus all the trailers that we will later on cover as well. So I wanted to check those out too. Yeah, yeah. Uh... So b- before we get into it, though, I want to ask you, since it was your first time seeing TGA, how did you feel about it? Like, did you enjoy it? Did you not like it for particular reasons? Or how did you feel? I thought the overall, it was okay. I am not really a big fan of award shows, but I think overall how they organized the Game Awards, I feel like they're still kind of getting their grasp of how to stage this together. You can kind of see a little bit of like bolt on kind of like how they're trying to figure out how the game award should be done because like the jokes are not always landing all the time. I hear the host kind of tell a joke. It's like not very good. It's like, I mean, the joke is clever, but it's it's doesn't really land that well. Like, you know, in Oscars, what happens is that your host usually have like a bunch of writers write a good joke. Yeah. The host is usually a great performer like Billy Crystal or Jon Stewart. Yeah. are able to perform it, but we don't have that kind of caliber of talent. So it was kind of weird contrast to see how game award is held but i think they'll get there in my opinion there's some like really kind of charming good people that were hosting it but it uh it just has that weird you know you tell a joke there's a little bit of a silence for a while kind of thing so it's like oh man lady come on you gotta move your joke a little bit faster let's go let's go like you know i feel bad for you just watching your joke tanking a little bit got on that punchline a little bit yeah, exactly. I mean, Ian, do you watch Game Awards a lot? Or I think this is like my third or fourth year watching it. 
Um, usually I watch a streamer that's watching it, but uh, and I mean, honestly, this year I wasn't a huge fan of it. And I know there's been a lot of kind of, uh, disgruntled. I don't, I wouldn't want to say like uproar in the, the gaming community about it, but there was a lot of people that just didn't like how this one felt. So, yeah, I mean, to be fair, like you watch any award shows, Oscars, Golden Globes, Emmy, you'll have plenty of detractors no matter what the award show is. But that's why, like, I usually don't feel too strongly about it. It's just, you know, industry kind of coming together to clap hands and, uh, you know, shake each other's hands and uh, kind of give each other like pat on the back kind of thing. The yeah. best part about the whole award show, in my opinion, is, you know, all the new releases and news that kind of comes out of it. That's what I really enjoyed watching. Yeah, I, I mean, I know a lot of people enjoyed uh, watching the reveals and stuff, but that's also like kind of the biggest gripe, too, was that it focused too much on the reveals and yeah. um, didn't really give the presenters or the award winners enough time to really give a speech. I, I don't know if you saw some of that stuff. but Yeah, they're only allowed to talk like, what, 30 seconds or 45 seconds? It almost felt like so short for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that's what a lot of people had issues with was that the award winners just didn't have enough time to thank everyone that they wanted to thank. And and that a lot of the awards, too, were kind of rushed, where they kind of rapid fired off a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, just basically not letting enough time for developers to thank the people who've worked so tirelessly on their game. I thought that was really unfair. That part... I'm sure like it's because, you know, with Christopher Judge having like that eight minute speech, they probably tried to enforce <laughs> that this year. You should have at least given like one or two minutes to just at least thank a lot of people. Yeah, I, I know uh, Jeff Keeley, who kind of like hosts or presents it as like the overall host or whatever. I know he tweeted out that the music did kick in a little too early and they're going to try to work on that. So, yeah, this is literally what like fifth or sixth game awards in total, right? They're uh, still trying to kind of iron out a lot of the how to organize it. Award shows are just, to be fair, like for a game, the only thing bigger than an award show is to make sure your game makes a lot of money. Like that's what the real award is. Everything else is just, you know, congratulatory jerk off more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it definitely that. And I... I think the other thing, too, is with E3 that's largely kind of disappeared. This is kind of the TGA has kind of evolved into an E3 as well. So they're still trying to land their mark on the good balance between actually presenting and giving out awards and also showing these new games and stuff. Yeah, I mean, overall, organization standpoint, I thought the Game Awards was okay. For the first time watching it, like I'd never really had big expectations on Game Awards or anything. It gave me all that I needed. Uh, you know, people still trying to figure out jokes, people still trying to figure out what games are coming up, developers thanking one another. That's all I really wanted to watch. <laughs> like, there are a couple of parts that, you know, definitely if they had organized it a little better, like giving people more some time to kind of digest whatever they're watching. Uh, I don't even know what I exactly mean by that, but it was like two hour long, but it just felt like not like enough of anything was being happening, you know? Yeah, I, I kind of know what you mean. A lot of the games that they showed, which we'll get into, there wasn't, there wasn't, I don't know, the hype was kind of weird around it, but we'll we'll get up to all that stuff. Um, you want to jump into some news that we got this week there that happened the past week? Yeah, definitely. So let's start with the biggest news of all, right? We had a, right when we were recording last week, the release of GTA 6 trailer. I watched it. I thought... 
Well, you know what? I'll ask you what you thought about it before I give my honest opinion on it. I mean, so it was kind of everything that we expected. Honestly, there wasn't really anything new or because it wasn't like it wasn't like a gameplay trailer or anything like that. It was more or less just an announcement trailer. I will say that, you know, it looks really, really good. As far as when you look at like the announcement trailer for like GTA 5 and like Red Dead 2, um, this announcement trailer for GTA 6 just looked phenomenal in my opinion but we'll have to wait and see some actual gameplay trailers and stuff before we actually get an idea of how it really will look um i think the overall feel of the trailer and the game itself uh is on par with like every gta that's been coming out so yeah i mean gameplay we can't really say much about it but from what the trailer kind of shows what do you think the overall story is going to focus on and do you think that's something that you're interested in seeing um, so uh, there's been plenty of leaks out there and stuff, and I've seen some of them, and it, it does seem like, um, that they're going with a, a Bonnie and Clyde sort of deal, uh, which I'm, I, I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that, especially because it's not as chaotic as having the three characters from five. Cause that was the one thing I didn't like about GTA five was that having the three different characters and like their specials that they all use. Um, I don't know if you played five that much. I, I played five a lot and I know what you mean. I mean, their special power was not really exactly superpower kind of thing. It definitely made the gameplay a little bit more fun for me. I did enjoy that part. I think I might have disagree on that end, but when I was looking through the trailer, it wasn't really as hype building for me as I thought it would be. I, I looked at the overall trailer and I'm like, okay, you have your traditional kind of Grand Theft Auto story from what looks like it's going to be lower level criminals rising to the rank into an absurd world sometimes and then getting to the top and etc it's you know that's uh, that's not a bad storyline no matter what gta you play in it's like every gta is a similar kind of story but overall yeah. there's like enjoyment to that there's like a little bit of a gritty crime while at the same time some goofy stuff happening at the same time the thing about the gta stories that had started to bug me after my like, kind of playing gta for like Liberty City starting wars is that a lot of the social satire they do, it's not very subtle. It's literally like, you know, your burger place is called like the fat American burger or something yeah. like that. Like not really very subtle about the social satire that they want to do anymore. And you can see from the trailer, a lot of the trailer video portions are literally a copy of a real TikTok video or a real viral video and etc. Yeah. And you can like, you know, there are a bunch of like YouTube uh YouTubers who made a compilation comparing those two. And I was like, okay, I mean, you're just going to do a lot of heavy-handed. Because usually when you do that, you don't really say much about what is it the message and story is. It's just copying the you know real life in its own and then just making the exact copy. This time, the copy was even more, like, you know, astonishingly real life. Now, of course, you can't really gather a lot about the story from just looking at the trailer, but it definitely felt like this is where GTA is going to, find its useful rhythm is just focusing on this heavy-handed parody and heavy-handed satire but yeah. when that happens is it even a satire anymore there is no subtlety our real world itself is so absurd you're just going to copy it rather than say anything about it so i was like i'm excited to see where it comes where it goes like you know gta 6 is going to look like but from the story standpoint i'm not really seeing anything interesting yeah i mean as far as like the story or like what's to come of it. I mean, we'll see when it comes out, obviously. I'm more interested 
honestly, in the uh, mechanics and uh, like how like the robberies play out and stuff like that, you know, and like the the side jobs and stuff that you could do. I'm more interested in seeing like how they develop the game at that kind of standpoint. Agreed. I mean, I think you're much more better judge at mechanics than I am. I usually play video games literally for the story more than anything else. Mechanics can be as rudimentary as possible, but if I enjoy the story, man, I'll enjoy any game. And usually for GTAs, you know, I have enjoyed the story. But then again, the last GTA came out when I was in college. So now I'm like, you know, like when when, when this one comes up, I'm going to be in my early 30s. And I only have about three more GTAs left in my life, you know. <laughs> I, had to, like, I hope the story kind of evolves as it has gone rather than kind of sticking with that same heavy handed satire. That's that's what I'm kind of hoping for. But I think when this game comes out, I'll probably be satisfied to play it anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be fun either way, especially as long as they don't make it empty. Like when GTA Online first dropped with five, how empty that was. As long as it's not like that, then I don't see anything wrong with it. You know what I mean? Did you, uh, Ian, did you feel like the leaks that happened right before the trailer release, did it impact your enjoyment of what was you know, formally released? Uh, did it spoil your excitement, perhaps? Not really. Um, if anything, it kind of enhanced it for me. Um, I don't I don't know if you remember the real early leaks that happened um, that kind yep. of showed actual gameplay and stuff, but it was real raw gameplay. But you could see some of the mechanics that they were working on. And that actually made me more excited seeing like, oh, like how kind of robberies, how they kind of play out now. They seem a lot better than how they played out in five. So I'm actually really excited to see where it goes. So the leaks didn't really bother me all that much. Yeah, I'm glad that's the case. I did not think any kind of leak was going to affect my enjoyment of whether the trailer was going to come out anyway. Like video games for me are really hard to spoil with leaks. It's just like, you know, usually I avoid every Twitter anyway. But yeah. it looks like, you know, a lot of people, considering how fast it was garnering millions of views on the YouTube and everything else, it looks like a lot of people enjoyed the overall reveal and everything else. And maybe Rockstar can be not as heavy-handed with the guy who released the leak, his son, and not <laughs> punish, him, punish them for it. Because they've been doing some copyright strike downs lately, you know, on those leaks. Yeah, I mean, it, that's to be expected. You know, they want to, they want to, I mean, they want to surprise the audience, right? Everyone wants to be surprised. So, of course, they're going to copyright strike leaks and stuff like that. So, that's it's expected. And I mean, that's the thing, man, is if you want to see it, there's places to go see it. If you don't want to see it, that's a little bit harder because you have to avoid a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, with that being said, I'm excited about it. Looks like you're excited about it. And we'll wait for two more years until the game's ready. <laughs> Jeez, no, right? God, it's so crazy. I tell you, I like I only have three more GTAs left in my life. <laughs> Literally, it's gonna be another ten years and another ten years. Well, moving on from GTA Six, let's uh, talk about the other big game that came out. Let's talk about the biggest game release of last week, the day before. The day before, man, I tell you, dude. So. This is a game, I know you know this, I've been keeping my eye on for a, a while. Um, originally, when I first saw trailers for this game, like two, three years ago or something like that, the game looked really, really good. And the vision that they had looked really, really good. But 
oh boy, did that not fucking work out at all. Not at all. It's um, the article that we're looking at from the gaming arcade, arcade uh, is quote calling it the overwhelming flop. It's the fastest and most extensively criticized game implosion of the year. And considering we had Golem that came out this year too, all those that came out and, you know, it's going to be the one in the most recent memory. And, and it has just come out with huge amount of like server accessibility, just empty world, bugs galore everywhere, people losing their items while, you know, restarting their games, combat issues, the zombies like, exactly. Like you shoot, zombie reacts like two seconds later. It's just, yeah, we we can see the videos of all the things that have come out showing all the messes and bugs of this game all over YouTube. People are criticizing it everywhere, like, you know, left and right. And the studio, they released kind of like an apology letter for like how this overall experience has been from their end as well. I didn't say that, but <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was on Twitter. And I'll tell you this, I kind of have a lot more sympathy for them then I think a lot of people online as they're criticizing it. I think I think I can see the point of view that they're trying to communicate where it went wrong. And I, I truly believe it. I know a lot of people are calling it a scam, but Ian, I don't think this was a scam at all. I think this was a overwhelming failure, but I don't think it's a scam, man. You think they just bumbled it that bad? <laughs> Here's my theory, right? This is how I think overall situation kind of played out and of course i don't i'm just some normal asshole sitting on a most uncomfortable gaming chair in the world and just making this head canon but this is how i think this whole thing happened so last year to the early this year they released those teasers that is blowing everybody's mind saying oh this online mmo game with like zombie survival is going to be the next big thing the graphics looks amazing and they're releasing this teaser everybody is hyped up and excited about it. And they released that particular teaser, I think, because they were trying to find additional investors and funds to make sure that they can finance this game through the year and then release it. Like, that's what they were hoping for. And it could have happened that way. It could definitely would have happened that way if that some of those news that came out regarding this game had not come out. For example... The one where they were comparing a lot of the trailer to the Call of Duty. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, remember that one. Like basically, frame by frame, it's the exact copy of Call of Duty trailer. And people at first are negatively reacting. It's like, oh, this game is just a patch on of you know Call of Duty. You're just putting your asset on the same video and then saying it's your game. Which I disagree because like you cannot just like in you know, a rotoscope a video game. You have to create your assets, you can copy the movements, it still takes a lot of work. So at first, that news came out and people thought, there's something wrong with this game. And people are speculating, oh, this is just like a scam. That's when like the first one of those words starts coming out. And then another news comes out where they're having trouble with the name the day before itself with this calendar app from Korea. <laughs> so I didn't see that one. You told me about that. They, they were having issues with the name of it. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big news, but like as they were kind of piling up bad news for this studio, it just adds on to it. They were like you know, having a little bit trouble trying to convince people that this game and this studio has a potential. And then they released that another gameplay teaser 
which they had to do with a more limited amount of funding because of all the bad news. They were not getting enough funding that they need to put their game in a position for proper teasers and proper marketing material. Now they're stretching their funding thin and they released that particular teaser that came out around the middle of the year. You remember where like everybody was like, oh, this game looks not as good as the original teaser was supposed to be. Yeah, that one, I think, was it showed more of the city, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, but it also showed like a lot of little bit of the gameplay and yeah. people were not impressed with that teaser either. Inventory that, and stuff like that, they, they showed some of that stuff too in it. Exactly, they did. And because they were already stretching their funding thin, they tried to put this teaser out. People are underwhelmed with it. Now that funding that they had is being stretched even thinner. So this marketing bumbling is happening at the same time and people are getting less and less confident about this game. Now come to this year, at this time of the year, they're in a position where like they have almost run out of all the fundings that they could get because they've already been overwhelmed with these bad presses everywhere and with these bad teasers, bad marketing. They're not able to raise enough fund to do much of a repair about it. And this studio is not like, you know, Ubisoft and it's not, you know, Bioware or like big studios who can kind of just get additional funding from, you know, other resources. So they're already stretched thin with these resources and funding that they have. Now they're at a position where like, listen, either we completely shut down or we do a one Hail Mary and just release the game. Hopefully there is enough hype that people buy it. And then we have additional funding we can collateralize and start repairing the game immediately. But that is what, you know, Hello Games and No Man's Sky has done. The yeah. only difference is that up until the release point, No Man's Sky did not have a bad press. People were hyped up about that game all the way to the release date and then they were disappointed. So they were still able to sell a huge amount of No Man's Sky to a lot of people and they were able to get a huge amount of funding that helped them repair that game. But in this case, for the day before... All of the hype that ever was has already died down and they have released a bad game and many people they were hoping would support and be able to kind of like, you know, buy this game at least, even if they're disappointed in it and provide at least enough funding to repair the most rudimentary bugs and stuff like that. That did not happen. Yeah. And just to kind of conclude it now, their funding is completely stretched. And as we were about to start recording just a few hours, we got the news that the studio has closed down. They were going to keep the server up and running, but they just don't have the funding to do it. And that's why they had that another news come out where like they were hoping, not hoping, but like they were counting on volunteer developers to come in and kind of help repair the game. So that is what my headcanon is, how this situation happened. It's like this game studio did try to make this game at least from the earliest vision that they had according to it, but with a lot of kind of misfortune happening and their marketing not being good enough to handle the misfortunes, their funding kind of dried up. And at the end of it, they were hoping that they would have enough sales that they can have enough funding to repair this game, which they did not as Steam is now pulling those games out as well. So they're completely done. In my opinion, they're going to close the studio out and this game is going to go down the footnote of history as as the GameRadar.com called it, the overwhelming flop. That's my headcanon. And I have sympathy because of that. Like, I have sympathy for them. Like, you know, sometimes things don't work out. You know, it's not easy to run a business. But this was just kind of like sad to see. I don't want to kick, you know, a studio down while they're kind of like, you know, already losing everything. 
but I hope there's like a good lessons learned for other people to kind of see the situation and learn a lot from that. I mean, yeah, th- this is definitely a, a learning moment uh, for a lot of studios out there for sure. And y- you're right. It is unfortunate to see the studio go under the way it did. However, man, there- there's a lot of shit that just went wrong with this game. Yeah. Um, there was in the hands of the studio, too. Like, it wasn't just bad press, in my opinion, okay? Two years ago, they released a trailer. Uh, it was a, a-, a early prototype gameplay trailer right i remember it vividly it was they were out in the world they were driving with like a humvee and they were showing it kind of getting stuck in the mud and the way it was kicking up mud and getting unstuck it looked phenomenal the game looked really fucking well in that trailer they also showed them setting up a trap for other players to run into and so they could ambush them and take their shit right so like they had a great premise going on um, I think where their issues lied in was that they sat there and, and they, I don't know if they were intentionally doing it or not, but you know, they were calling this game an MMO. Now, as we know, MMO is massive multiplayer online. So we're talking like a hundred people in a server. That's not what they delivered at all. You're, you're right. And that is why this is what my understanding is. You can use a limited amount of funding to create a banger of a teaser. Like game studios do that all the time. Like, you know, you watch that Beyond Good and Evil, uh, not Beyond Good and Evil, but like the Beyond, that the one with the monkey and, you know, space and shit like that, that was supposed to come out a long time ago from Ubisoft or something. Uh, yeah, Beyond Good and Evil or something like that. I forgot the name of the game, I'm sorry. Uh, but like people, like studios, they develop like, you know, banger of a teaser, like, by we're developing Anthem, the banger of a teaser out that shows a small part of the gameplay that does not take a lot of money. But to extend that premise into a bigger game, that's what they need additional funding for. And they had the premise, they had some funding in the beginning, but as they lost a lot of backers, a lot of people who believe in them through a lot of the bad presses that came out over the years and less and less people being confident over their ability to deliver, it just kept on spiraling them downwards and downwards and downwards to what we have right now. I'm sure if this, like, if they had done their marketing probably, and for them, that's where they think they made the big mistake is like they did not properly market their game to raise enough funding to complete that teaser into a full game. If they had been successful on that arena, I'm sure they'd have at least delivered a lot more than what they ended up delivering. And that's what my head canon is. It's like a company that is just on a downward spiral from marketing standpoint, losing more and more supporters and funding and trying to stretch out what they have all the way to the end and just releasing the game as it is and doing a Hail Mary that hopefully enough people buy that they have enough funding to repair this game. And considering how much the sales have been, they were not able to meet that goal. And that's what like, you know, we have right now. That's why I have the sympathy for them. It's like, sometimes these things, even if you have the full intention of doing it right, just does not work out. But that's the thing though, man, is, you know, for one, they shouldn't have called it an MMO. They used assets from Steam. Like, they didn't make their shit, dude. They bought assets and they just used assets and threw shit together. That's all they did. But the thing was, was they were trying to convince people that they weren't doing that. They should have just owned up to it and said, yeah, you know, it's ass- it's assets that we paid for and stuff. 
they were trying to make it out like they they made everything themselves from the ground up when they didn't do that. Yeah. You know? So they're straight up <laughs> lying to the gamers and shit. <laughs> and not only that, it didn't even full release. It's early access. With this game right now, the day before, it, I thought it was a full release. No, no. It's early access on Steam. That's it. It didn't come out on console, dude. It it's early access and it's done this bad in early access that people are refunding it to no end. Yeah, it looks like it's no more updates will be released for the yeah. It, it has- in my opinion, it's it the studio fucked themselves. They promised too much. They couldn't deliver. They they lied about what the game was because they started scrubbing and deleting anything where they mentioned it was an MMO. They were switching their tags on Steam and taking it off off MMO or just putting like multiplayer. I don't like this. I've been watching this game, like I said, for a while now. And I was hopeful for it for a very long time um, until these last couple of trailers came out and they just did not look good. Yeah, it looks like their press release for this shutting down. They're saying, yep, all income received is being used to pay off the debts to our partner. They have lacked the funds to continue. That's what they're saying. That's what I have always assumed. That's what happened to them. Is like they were not able to raise enough funding to deliver on what they want to. But I don't think. I don't think it was that man. I think that. I think they were trying to cut corners and they just promised too much and they were just in over their heads. The game itself is a great premise, and it's. I would love to see a game like it, a massive multiplayer zombie. And that's the other thing too is they made it an extraction game, and they said it wasn't an extraction game. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. They bit off more than they can chew, but that's what, like, you know, that's not. They're not the only companies to kind of do it. I mean, they oh, yeah. plan, and I'm sure they would. In my opinion, if they had their marketing work out properly, they would able to deliver at least some portions of what they thought was their initial plan to deliver. That's why, like, I'm having a little bit of sympathy for them. It's like, and yeah, it didn't work out. You know, they're, yeah, they might have, they might have lied or something like that regarding the asset and stuff like that. That one, I don't know because that's the first time I'm hearing about it. But yeah, if they have lied about using the assets, they shouldn't have done it. They should have probably just come out and said, you know, we're just using the asset right now. Like, just having a, like, you know, a smaller scope would have probably helped them too. But, yeah, they were relatively an unknown developer, you know, who used to work on just indie games and they tried to beat off more than they chew. Yeah, I I think that's like the biggest thing is they just they they tried so hard to convince you that it that it was an MMO, that it wasn't just an asset flip and stuff. They they and like you said, their scope was just too big. They should have narrowed it down a little bit. You know, I mean, they had so much shit in that game, dude. There was like building in that game. You know, you could like make your own shack and stuff like that. They should have just had a hub. Um, I know a lot of people compared it a lot to the division. And honestly, if it was a lot like the division, just like kind of like zombies, I would have been down for it personally. Yeah. I mean, I'd agree with you, but I don't really remember the division that well. Was that a, I know that was a post apocalyptic, but I don't think it was yeah. a zombie, right? No, no, no. It wasn't a zombie one. It was like, post-apocalyptic like you know modern society is more or less crashed but there's like gangs that have come and tried to put their their name on everything so it was good i enjoyed it for what it was yeah i mean 
Well, the studio Fantastic is now shutting down. I didn't know that they were lying about the whole kind of steam asset, but I, I feel my first gut reaction is just basically, you know, this studio is already down. What's more am I going to get from like kicking it down while it's <laughs> already getting beaten up everywhere else? You know, it's like taking I mean, the smallest kid in the yard or something like that. Honestly, it's more of a like to keep the other guys in line, you know? Like, <laughs> Like, hey, EA, you see how bad these guys bumbled and they shut their studio down? Like, quit fucking around and release some broken games. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> release some shit that actually works. And so you're looking at Bioware right now. Well, you know, I mean, however this story has unfolded, it's unfortunate for the people who worked on it. I, you know, I feel bad for like, you know, people who I'm sure in that studio thought they could deliver it, but ended up with this in their hand. So I'll say this too, right? So that's the bad side of uh, crowdfunding and just like not having support, right? Let's look at the positive side of it. This Star Citizen is a massively crowdfunded game and recently it reached over $650 million donated. What the fuck, my guy? That's like 10 times the size of your average AAA games, which you can, you know, like, and it's like about 60 to 150 million to make something like an Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yep. Like that's about 10 times. 10 so but this is what happens when, you know, when a, a development team delivers on what they promise, right? Wait, hold up there. Hold up there. <laughs> let's, let's be careful with delivered, right? Cause Star Citizen, is supposed to be delivered in 2014. That was the yeah. original delivery that they had. Now, uh, we can't kind of like talk about it and uh, I don't hold Star Citizen against it because uh, all the gameplays that I've seen of it, at least the ones that they have built, even though it's a segmented portion of the full game, not really kind of whole experience itself, they're very, very good. Yeah, they have bugs and stuff, but it's not, let's not call it like this thing has delivered us what they were initially planning Listen. to deliver. Listen, I'm not saying it's it's the best game that's been ever made, right? But it goes to show you when it's gotten $650 million from just the people that have been playing it. You know what I mean? Like, and it is it is a game. You you can play it. Like, it's not like the day before where it was just a, a you know, an empty whatever. <laughs> they, they have been working, too, yeah. on a single-player um storyline as well with star citizen so here's what i'll say on this one the 650 million i don't think that you can call it a donation because to play this game you have to purchase the virtual ship like that's how you enter into the gameplay yeah then you can play it right so it's basically a sales yeah yeah, yeah. let's call it where it is it's a sales format that they have it's a very unique and kind of heavy on criticism kind of sales format that they do but yeah, you kind of buy your way into the game by purchasing the ship first, which goes from f- like $45 for the cheapest one to like 200 or something like that for the most expensive of the ship that you can buy. And this game has like areas that you can definitely play for long hours, definitely. But after $650 million and almost 12 years, and the fact that they were supposed to be delivering the Squadron 42, the single-player experience, just like in a couple of years, at least like last year or so, which they have not been able to deliver yet. So 
I want to be a little bit more skeptical about what this thing can deliver, even though I've seen some more impressive things about it. So I'm having a little bit of a kind of like, like, you know, sus kind of like, you know, my defense mechanism for getting, you know, disappointed is kind of rising a little bit at the back of my head from this game. I mean, you should have skepticism nowadays with everything, right? Because we've seen countless games get released, even like, saying that they're complete games and they're obviously not cyberpunk (laughs) um but you know hey hey that game won the best ongoing award this year okay yeah it's repairing is ongoing now you're sure yeah yeah that's that's exactly what that means i mean you should always be skeptical of shit though right and i mean honestly like you said like the 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 45 dollar entry price tag that's no different really than buying like a base game, right? You know, and then like you have your higher deals, you have your legendary edition one, which is, you know, going to be a hundred dollars or some shit, right? So absolutely true, Ian. But like, that's where like the comparison is a little bit more sus because I'm supposed to be getting a base game. I'm getting this fragment of a game. That's where like, you know, a little bit of a problem is, it's like, I'm paying $45 or whatever for a fragment of what is supposed to be a full game, right? I mean, I guess, yeah, but there's there's a lot that you can do in Star Citizen. And I've looked in, into Star Citizen a bit, and it's definitely, it's more of a game than the day before. <laughs> it's all yeah. I'm saying, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, I'll agree. Like, if you're a, you know, a game studio that is still raising money year, like in a month over month, like in November, they raised about $28 million. That's because you have backers who see what you're doing and like what you're doing and want to continue supporting it. So you're right in that sense. Like, you know, it is not like an empty promise. It is delivering some stuff because it still has backers who are continuing to support it. And I've seen a couple of the gameplays and stuff like that, especially like, you know, the, what is that persistent exploration or something like that? And the game mechanics are very, very complicated. I think more yeah. complicated than your traditional games allows you to be. Like if I want to drink a bottle of water, I have to take off my helmet first and then drink a bottle of water. Yeah. Like that's how like detailed it is. Yes. It is very, very detailed for sure. So when this thing comes out, when I'll be like 70 year old. You know, I'll be ready to hit a place. By then, it has raised like, you know, $4 billion in funding or whatever. But like, after $650 million, there should have been a little bit more than what it has delivered. Uh, hopefully, like, you know, people who are backing it, you know, they're, I'm sure, I hope they're satisfied. But if any criticism is being delivered to this regarding what they have delivered, it's fair in my opinion as well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with that at all. I mean, with as much money as they had, yeah, they they should be delivering something. So yeah, there's a 45 minute long YouTube video of how to play Star Citizen. That's how complicated <laughs> this game is. Yeah, 45 minute. Oh man, I was watching them uh, trying to fly and land a ship on a star system, like a satellite or something like that. I was like, Jesus, I should just get a license for like a car. You know, that's much more easier. Yeah, yeah. you're you're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> Exactly, but we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm whole. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's like I hope all the people who are backing it, hopefully they're satisfied. If they have criticism, it's valid criticism too. Yeah, but we'll see where it goes. You know, their uh, their goal are definitely ambitious. Hopefully, 
it's not too ambitious what they're ultimately trying to pull. Like, you know, some game studios, smaller game studios have kind of suffered through it. It's weird thing is like, you know, other news that comes out about Star Citizen Studios, the uh, Cloud Emporium games, the CIG, is that it's, you know, it has actual institutional investors as well that have pushed its valuation to $400 million studio back in 2020. There are a lot of private backers as well, not just crowdfunding now. So it's kind of weird that they are continuing with the crowdfunding despite having, you know, actual private funding that are supporting them right now. Yeah. And also the fact that they're paying dividends about uh, like, you know, a dollar, 18 cents per share dividends, which is pretty decent amount of dividend, in my opinion, per share. And also like, it's about a million dollars. It's just pretty small, but still like, you know, you're paying dividends from a company that has not delivered its full product. It's it's adding a lot of kind of suspicions around it. Funneling money. <laughs> I don't think it's funneling money. Like I want, like I definitely have like, you know, hey, scam alert kind of thing going on back in my head. Although this game has, like this studio has delivered some stuff, but in my opinion, not something worth $650 million. Yeah, I, bet. I, I, I can see that for sure. Well, with that being said, I think we've covered all of our news. We can move towards the Game Awards. Game Awards. All right. So continuing with the Game Awards, Ian, did you watch it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, watched the whole, what was it, two hours of it? And how yeah, two hours. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, I didn't enjoy it as much as last year's. Last year's, I feel like it was a little bit better, um, maybe just because, like, the games... Uh, I think because like Elden Ring was nominated a bunch and I can't remember what else was last year, but I feel like last year's was a, was a little bit better than this year's, but this year's wasn't terrible in my opinion. What about you? I, I, this is my first game, uh, game award. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I hit my fucking mic again. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. This is my first game, game awards that I ever watched. And I'll be honest, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, it's not. I'm not really expecting like some Oscar level of, you know, program yeah. or something like that. But overall, you're just like kind of tongue in cheek. It's not too serious. You know, people enjoying it. You kind of get to see a lot of these uh, announcements, reveals. And I enjoyed seeing those nerdy little developers come up to the stage and accept their little awards. Usually they get to hide behind their computers. But now we get to see them in front and see what kind of people actually make our games. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to see. Because, like, you know, when you watch, like, the movie awards, you see these actors, you're like, yeah, I don't know these actors or, like, singers in Grammy because, like, they're in front of the camera all the time. You don't really get to see a lot of people from behind the scenes. And a lot of the games, in my opinion, are all behind the scenes. And it was really nice to see these developers get the uh, spotlight. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I, I Like you said, I like that it's not as serious as like the Oscars or something. I like that it's more laid back and that they can joke around and stuff, especially Christopher Judge, uh, his little joke about the uh, call, new Call of Duty. That was fucking fantastic. That shit was so funny, dude. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. But did you hear a couple of the news that some of the developers were like, they didn't take it offensively or anything, but like they're like, uh, that joke hit a little bit. They tried to shoot back and uh, yeah, didn't hit their mark in my opinion. But neither here nor there, right? So that's what happens when like bunch of nerd think they can take on a jock like Christopher Judge. You know, <laughs> he's fucking Kratos, man. I mean, what do you expect? Love it. But overall, man, it is so it was a fun night for me. I know a lot of the complaints and etc. And some of those complaints are valid. I think they should have allowed those developers to thank people who worked on this game a lot 
more, like they should have been given a lot more time to do that than what they were permitted to. Yeah, for sure. They definitely should have um, gave them some more time to, to do their speeches or whatever. But I mean, it is what it is. Maybe next year they'll learn from it, you know? So, yeah. I, I mean, speaking of it, the other good part about the awards, I thought that performance by the Hillung for the uh, Senwa's uh, saga promotion, I thought that was a really good performance. I I like that music. I, I've never heard of it before, and I just went to the YouTube and tried to find that music immediately. Yeah, um, they they do that a couple of times. I really enjoy the one, the symphony that they do when they announce their uh, Game of the Year. Yeah, the combining all of the uh, Game of the Year symphony into one, right? It's yeah. like, it was really good. It yeah, really good. they do a really good job of that shit. I really enjoy it. So yeah. speaking of Game of the Year, let's get into some of these awards. And we'll, I guess we'll start with Game of the Year, right? Mm-hmm. Baller's Gate 3. Surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> well, not as much surprising, to be really honest, as you watched the whole night go. <laughs> and this, oh, this one game just sweeping away so many awards. Dude. They they nailed like every single one that they were nominated for or something. Maybe not everyone, but they swept for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the overall nominations, I mean, there are some of the games that I don't think are allowed, in my opinion, to be there. But I think they should have expanded the Game of the Year list a little bit more to include a little bit more games, to be honest. Because like there are some games like you know that I really enjoyed over the year that I thought nailed it out of the park in my opinion are not there, but that kind of complaint happens in every award show, you know. Like my game did not get nominated or something like that, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely it's hard to sit there and because you don't want to throw every single game that was you know that was up there, you know. And it's like where do you where do you do the cutoff? You know, should Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven have been up there with their DLC? You know. I would say definitive answer to that, absolutely not. It should not have been up. It should not be there. I'm glad it's not. But like, should Resident Evil 4, a remake of a game, should should that be up there, you know? Yeah. That's the one question. Yeah, I mean, I think because how much attention that Resident Evil 4 had, because I mean, I everybody played it. I mean, all the streamers played it. I played it. I loved it. So, I mean, I... Th- but does it need to be up there? You know, should it be just like original games, more or less? I mean, yeah. Most of the games on this game of the year are all, you know, sequels or kind of a long-awaited remake or a follow-up kind of games, except for Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which is, well, I don't know if you want to call it a sequel or a continuation, but like I mean, we didn't see a lot of like original games or anything like that being, you know, celebrated, like original ideas, original franchises, like, Hogwarts Legacy, in my opinion, definitely just the fact that it caught a lot of people out of off surprise by being as good as it is, that should have been somewhere kind of at least recognized in some of the uh, you know award section, in my opinion. Yeah, in some aspect of of some sort. I mean, I, I would agree with you for sure on that. Yeah, like, but then again, again, I don't want to go back to complaining. Oh, my game did not get nominated. My game did not get recognized or something like that. It got recognized because I bought the game and then they earned money out of it. That's good enough. Yeah. But like, you know, we can complain about which did not get awarded or something. But Baldur's Gate 3 being awarded the game of the year, I think that's definitely worth it. Uh, after this long-awaited sequel came out, it definitely fulfilled a lot of people's expectations. It gave a lot more depth to the... uh 
previous, you know, uh, iterant of this game. It was pretty good to kind of enjoy it. I enjoyed playing it with my friends a lot. Although, I'll warn you this, if you stop playing this game even for a week, you will not be able to pick it back up without some scars. Like, you'll be like, oh, this game is so big that you forget where you are. Yeah. Story perspective and it's easier to just restart the game sometimes. Yeah, I, I always run into that problem too, where it's just like forgetting controls, forgetting what I was doing, all that stuff. Yeah. But Baldur's Gate 3 was definitely deserved. It also introduced a lot of people to D&D as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think the mechanics for the D&D with the uh, dice rule and stuff like that, uh, it really helped people kind of, not just like, you know, the game mechanics, but it also helped people introduce to the world of D and D as well, the fifth edition. So it was really nice to kind of see. Maybe one day I'll go check it out, you know, in a real life and see how this plays. I said, like, not visiting Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah, so like actually playing D and D, sitting down and playing D and D. No, I got you. They get plane ticket to uh, Baldur's Gate three. Um, let's see what else do we got on here. So. Direction, narrative, and art direction. Those were all swept by Alan Wake 2, another really big AAA game that came out this year. Um, do you think there might be some recency bias when it comes to Alan Wake 2, or do you think it was worth the hype that it's getting from these three awards? Like, I thought it's getting a lot of advantage by being the most recent game that released. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that for sure. Um, it, it It's on everybody's mind. It just came out, so it's very easy that it could sweep awards that way where like Baldur's Gate 3 was a little bit, you know, later. And I mean, even like Tears of the Kingdom was way earlier this year or whatever. Um, I think like, I, as far as like direction, game direction, I don't, I didn't play Alan Wake 2 and I didn't play the first one. So I can't really say too much on that. Narratively, it's a, it's a, game about a guy that writes a book so i guess the narratively it kind of fits but i mean it in narrative it, it was also competing against Baldur's gate 3 cyberpunk final fantasy 16 and spider-man 2 those are all pretty like heavy hitting games right there you know yeah i think i saw this one youtube video where they're trying to posit a theory that alan wake himself is not a good writer <laughs> like, <laughs> he's a fucking shithead writer like he's not a very good writer at all so like i don't know like it's an interesting video to watch. Definitely go check it out. But like, yeah, uh, like the game direction, narrative and art direction. I don't really know what exactly they're awarding in that end because you can make a case for all of the nominees as well. Like we yeah. look at art direction, Lies of P looks absolutely beautiful. It looks so good, especially considering the movements of the uh, NPCs is exactly like a puppet movement. It is like, you know, you have to put a lot of detail on those kind of things. Like, art direction-wise, Legend of Zelda is really good, too. It has a very unique look. In my notes, that's exactly the two that I put should have gotten it. Was Liza P, Liza P and Tears of the Kingdom. I feel like those were a better fit for art direction than Alloway 2, personally, but... <laughs> exactly. On from narrative standpoint, Marvel Spider-Man 2 has, in my opinion, a really good narrative. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Alloway has a more complicated narrative. I'll give him that. But, like... I... I mean, there is not really a disagreement. I mean, they got the award. Congratulations to them, right? But yeah. uh, I just wish there was more diversity over how 
like the award is being distributed, considering Alan Wick has the most recency bias that helps it a lot, especially considering it's the global media and influencer kind of play, playing part in awarding these things. So I thought like either you have to be a really big game that came out or you have to be the most recent game that came out in order to get most of these awards. Yeah, I, I feel like um, a lot of times with TGA and stuff, uh, the closer a game comes out to TGA, the, like the fresher it is in people's minds. So I, you have a tendency to win more awards because you came out close to it and people recognize it more. Um, like, and here's another one. So best audio design, right? Hi-Fi Rush, yeah. not that. Um, Th- that is perfect one. I'll, you I'll think give so? you that. Absolutely. Hi-Fi Rush, like your gameplay depends upon the musical cues. Like how you attack and etc. it kind of like the music itself is kind of a critical part of it. And it is seamless on how it does it. Yeah. It's very, very good. I've seen the gameplay. Hi-Fi Rush should get every award based upon music and score, in my opinion, because it's the music is the gameplay for Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, I, I know it is definitely heavily influenced by mu- the music of the game and stuff. I almost thought, though, that like, I don't know, man, you got Dead Space up there, which, you know, audio design with Dead Space, I mean, it's a well-known horror game, and it really pulls you in, and audio design is really good for that game to pull you in. Um, I guess maybe where it's more of a remake than rather than it coming out for the first time, you know? Yeah. I think the remake part, it, it doesn't look like it affected them nominating anything to it, like in you know, a Resident Evil 4 being nominated for the Game of the Year kind of thing. Yeah. I think... I'll say this, the Dead Space and Resident Evil 4, the way they remade it is like making a whole new game on its own too. So I can kind of see their perspective on that end. But yeah, on the audio design for like anything related to music and stuff, Hi-Fi Rush, in my opinion, is definitely a novel and very innovative way of using it in the gameplay. That's why I think it deserves more encouragement. Like not saying that, you know, Dead Space doesn't have good audio design. It does. Like, you know, we've seen a couple of those gameplays. I, I haven't played it, but like, I absolutely enjoy kind of like, you know, watching horror movies on YouTube, somebody else playing it. <laughs> but like, yeah, it has very, very good, like, you know, sound design. But so did, you know, uh, uh, what was the one we played the protocol? Shoot. Calypso Calypso protocol, protocol, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one is very similar to Dead Space. Like, that game should have been at least kind of. That one had good audio as well. Exactly. At least on the best performance, they should have let my man Josh Duhamel. Some recognition there, you know. I was kind of sad to not see that. Yeah, he, I mean, he did good in that one, but it's just, it's too bad the game kind of panned out the way it did. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah. You and I enjoyed it when you played it. Yeah. It's actually pretty fun, but yeah. But like, kind of moving down towards one, when we're talking about the well-deserved awards, the best performance for Neil Newborn for like, uh, I think he played the Astarian character. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think you got, yeah, that one you can hear, like, there's a lot of effort that he put in for that one. He he deserved that. And, oh, yeah, for sure. He, I mean, I don't use that character much when I play Baldur's Gate 3, but I know, I know everyone loves Asterian. Um, yeah. he, he did a really good job just becoming that character or bringing that character to life, rather, you know? Yeah. And plus, like, Asterian is like probably everybody's favorite fan fiction character, too, probably. Um, <laughs> Go up and look it up. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's a very popular character. I'm glad. And it sounds like a very new name as well, uh, Neil Newborn. Uh, you know, I'm glad he got the recognition, even though Idris Elba was his uh, competitor. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, uh, that's, I mean, you're going up. It's a tough thing. Yeah. You're going up against like actual movie stars, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I think overall in that best performance, there were some really heavy hitters. Like a Ben star was pretty good. I remember from the Final Fantasy 16, the main character. Yeah. And Cameron Monahan, you know, that guy's going to get the live action version if they ever decide to do it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That, and then there are some awards here that I, don't understand what exactly they're awarding. You see this innovation in accessibility? Yeah, yeah, I saw that what, one. What the what the hell oh that award? So I when I hear that one, I think more of like The Last of Us 2. All of the accessibility options that that game offered, I think it's more like that. Um where I, it says right here. Okay, I'm looking up. I'm looking up right now. It says Recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. Yeah, so kind of like how The Last of Us 2, like the accessibility options for that one. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1 has some really good accessibility options where like you have uh, AI or someone reading out the moves to you and stuff. So, uh, So it's saying like more... People with like, you know, uh, disabilities. It's making it, it, yeah. It's making it easier for a lot of people who are, who have like, you know, disabilities that would otherwise prevent them from playing video games can play video game. Yeah, basically. I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't play Forza Motorsports, so I don't know exactly what they put into it as far as like, yeah, because like, it's weird because like, I think this is the one where like the developers were saying we did a lot of innovations that allowed a lot of people to play this game, even. Like blind people can't play Forza Motorsport. Hey, I mean, I, I I'm all for it. But the more people that can play video games, the better, in my opinion. True, <laughs> a racing game being played by a blind person. Uh, hey, blind people, you know, they drive cars and shit too. So they do. Yeah, I mean, what? There's there's people that are like legally blind or whatever, and they can still yeah. drive or whatever. I joke, I joke, but if I take off my glasses, I am a legally blind. Legally blind, yeah. Well, yeah, holy crap. I mean, I'm the only one. (laughs) Me too. I'm going to have to look up into like what exactly it is. Because like, I was supposed to be playing Motorsport. That was the game I was waiting for. But when it got released, it was a lot of kind of issues with the release and et cetera. So I kind of stayed away from it and I'm kind of waiting until it comes to discount to play it. That was my game, you know, that's just one that I should have been playing. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with waiting for a discount, though. I mean, yeah. uh, what else do we got here? Best independent game should have been Dredge. I'll say that much. Yeah, yeah. or I mean, even Dave the Diver. Um, I think yeah. Dave the Diver has probably a little bit more uh, gameplay to it than Dredge does. Uh, yeah. As as far as like longevity goes, I feel like Dave the Diver is a longer game than Dredge. I played both of them. I love both of them. I think they're both great. I was super happy to see the collaboration that they have going on so i'll say that yeah it dreads you know it's about fishing in the most unpla- unseemly kind of places i do real life fishing and i enjoy this game more <laughs> yeah well i mean dave the diver too you're you're fishing with a harpoon gun so <laughs> i didn't think oh, of star too bad i even know what that one is really i i don't know how to swim so i can't relate to dave the diver <laughs> <laughs> all right best mobile game uh Most never mind <laughs> best vr and ar uh, uh mobile game let's look at that let's look at that real quickly right uh i don't know any of these 
game at all. I don't play, but there's a Monster Hunter now yeah. that came out. What, I know you're very close to Monster Hunter kind of stuff. What do you think? Um, I mean, as far as like popularity and stuff, I see the Hanukkah Star Rail, however it's pronounced, because um, that's part of the Hoyo universe, which I believe is Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact. So it it honestly it makes sense that it won, in my opinion. Uh Monster Hunter Now was made by Niantic or which they did the uh Pokemon Go. So oh, yeah. it's, it's very close to how Pokemon Go plays from my understanding. I haven't played it, but um I can see where how Star Rail won because it's part of the Genshin Impact universe. So yeah. no surprise there. I think the mobile game it should be a little bit more expansive in like what other categories can because I was looking at the kind of like a report regarding the uh, gaming industry and mobile game is one of the biggest uh, platform where video games are being played. And I know I don't personally play mobile games, but it is very popular with people who are not, you know, as into video game like you and I are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they would rather use the mobile phone for it. Yeah, and it, it's huge too. It's such a huge market. Yeah. To be fair, though, if they play mobile games and only mobile games, they probably don't really give a shit about Game Awards. Yeah, probably not. But <laughs> yeah, and the VR and AR, yeah, um, Resident Evil Village VR mode. Yeah, that's good enough. I think the Formula One twenty twenty three VR should be kind of considered in that one too. But uh, there's already Gran Turismo, which is pretty good too. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, Gran Turismo. I I think either one of those two. I'm happy to see Resident Evil Village take it, though. I, from what I understand, it was really well done. So, yeah, best action game: Armored, Armored Core Six Parts of Rubicon. Yeah, weird. That's the only award I know where Armored Core either won or like was nominated in. Yep, one for one, baby. That's how they do it. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, honest, like out of what they have there, Remnant Two, Hi-Fi Rush, Ghost Runner Two, and Dead Island Two. I mean, Armored Core Six is probably the better contender out of all those um dead island 2 had some issues when it first came out uh ghost runner 2 it's a very niche type game and i feel like the same thing with hi-fi rush and revenant 2 right hi-fi rush we know it's kind of more of an independent one didn't really get a lot of exposure and the same with revenant 2 revenant 2 was wasn't really advertised all that much i feel like so yeah it kind of came out. People said it's Souls-like, and then it kind of went away. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, it makes sense that Armored Core 6 would have taken it. So, happy to see it. I mean, FromSoft, we'll, we'll give it up. <laughs> yeah. We can skip a couple of these that I think we have already kind of covered here. But I'll kind of go towards the, uh, well, you know, the fighting game one, Street Fighter 6, Capcom. That's a well-deserved one. I think that's a well-deserved because it's a, it's a different way of doing a kind of fighting kind of games. In my opinion, like a online version where you can kind of like go around beating people up. I think that's how real life should be too. <laughs> like you, know, you, you go around challenging people for a fight and not get worried about getting you know lost or anything. You can yeah. use power moves. You can go to like different dojos, learn their stuff. Like a Chun Li's dojo, learn her move, and then defeat other dojos with it. Like I wish real life was like that. You know? Yeah, I mean it's. Street Fighter 6, they definitely tried something new and it worked for them. You know, uh, Mortal Kombat 1 is kind of, it's the same old Mortal Kombat. You know what I mean? It looks really good. Don't get me wrong, but it's the same old shit. So Street Fighter yeah. 6 really went out of their way to try something new and it worked. So 
Mortal Kombat 1, even from the visual perspective, it looks like a continuation of Mortal Kombat X. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Basically, kind of like the same kind of story, also the graphics-wise. Uh, going towards the best sports and racing, nah, Forza Motorsport, <laughs> I don't think that's the one. I think it should have been F-123 in my opinion. Even Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 looked really, really cool. But the fact that you're combining sports and racing in the same one, and like four of those are racing and only one is sport, yeah. I think is a little bit of a disservice. They should have probably split that category because the wrestling one was pretty good too. Uh, NHL. Exactly. They have pretty good other sports gaming as well. But I think Formula 1 2023 was my definitely favorite uh, racing game this year. I should have to check out the Forza Motorsport, but there's a hesitancy on my end why I'm not doing it because of all the issues that came out during its release. Yeah, I... I know you talked a lot and you've been wait you were waiting a lot for Formula One, so it, I know it's kind of a, a low blow for you not seeing that one take it, but as always next year, I don't have two cents in this one really, so I'll let you take it. <laughs> it's the one with this that you might have some sense in it. Uh best adaptation. Best adaptation. Did you watch any of these Castlevania Nocturne, Gran Turismo, The Last of Us, Super Mario Brothers movie, and Twisted Metal? No. <laughs> <laughs> i have i have the super mario brothers movie um yeah i've heard it was really good i have not watched it yet though but i do have it yeah so i have watched uh most of them except for super mario brothers movie so you thought you're filling up again you saw Gran Turismo? i did it's the same racing movie dude i did <laughs> so did you enjoy it or no i, I didn't talk i i no, no, it was okay. It was okay. Like for like a video game adaptation movie, it was pretty good. It doesn't treat like, you know, people who play sim racing like they're a bunch of, you know, loser or something like that. Like, you know, how they use like video game movies all the time. It was a pretty good movie. Uh, enjoyable enough. The racing scenes are really good. The sim racing scene is the one where I felt so connected to the movie, but I was watching this guy's rig. I'm like, this guy is not some some guy from the streets like they're trying to portray this guy has about two thousand dollars worth yeah. of sim rig <laughs> like that is not a lower class kind of thing dude that's a uh that's a you need to have a little bit of family cast to do it they're trying to portray him like an underdog with nothing and then rising up through the rank but uh <laughs> you can't have a two thousand dollar like you know sim rig <laughs> be considered poor yeah the castlevania nocturne i watched it pretty recently uh it's not a full story but it's pretty good the fighting scenes and everything is okay. It's not as good as the Castlevania anime that came out, you know, a uh, couple of uh, years ago with like uh, Richter Belmont and stuff like that. Yeah, I heard that um, was decent. That one was really, really good. All of the seasons on that one is good. Nocturne is not as good, but it's pretty enjoyable too. Last of Us, you know, it made a pretty good, uh, it won the award here, Best Adaptation. It was really, really good adaptation as well. Twisted Metal is the one where I'm starting to watch right now, first few episodes. Mm. I think it's definitely worth checking out. It's the one with the Anthony Mackie in it, and uh, it's actually not too bad. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. Cars and Guns, it's pretty good. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that, right? I think The, exactly. Last, of, I think the Last of Us, though, it's kind of deserved for taking that one because it did make waves, you know? Yeah. And the next one, the most anticipated game, I think this they should have just skipped this one completely, to be really honest. Like, this is a very unnecessary, in my opinion, because it's just saying this is the game that I hope is coming out the most. 
I didn't think it makes much sense. Yeah, considering like you could have thrown any one of the games that was announced for most anticipated game, it's I don't know, it's a silly category for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think this one is probably one of the uh, ones where it was allowed uh like normal people to vote as well. Okay. Maybe that's why, right? And that's what the content creator of the year, interesting. Don't worry, Ian, you and I are gonna be there one day. <laughs> uh, probably not me i think i cuss a little too much but no i don't know uh we're gonna have like a not safe for work don't worry i'll censor it i yeah. put some friend word instead of your best <laughs> word iron mouth and then just, yeah. iron mouth i i have not heard of them but you know what i think it's a good idea to check them out to be really honest what do you think of iron mouse uh i don't watch her content um so i i don't really have much of an opinion either way so yeah it's i've been looking for like a good streamers to watch uh, for a while now <laughs> so definitely going to check out these nominations and etc i mean to be fair like iron mouse you know the best part about her is like she's not real <laughs> it's like yeah via our tune more than anything else yeah i hope she doesn't shill her only fans account at the <laughs> stream <laughs> uh, uh, i would not please uh, i esports I'd, game esports game but uh I would rather skip those because I don't really watch esports. Yeah. But maybe like next year, I will definitely at least check out a couple of the esport competitions, maybe. Like League of Legends, I can kind of like, I'll see how it, that one goes. I'll definitely check it out. E- I would say out of all those that they have listed there, check out Evo because that's the fighting game tournament one. Oh, okay. Evo's like where you're going to see Street Fighter and Tekken and stuff like that. So Evo is usually always a good one to check out. Yeah. How many times do they say Wumbo Jumbo? What? <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> Wumbo Jumbo? What? Wait, you don't know that? No. Uh, it is it is a massive like, I'm sorry. Maybe I got the wrong. No, no, no. Super Brothers. Super uh, Smash. Oh, it's a, it's a Smash thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's, uh, why I, that's why I don't understand it. <laughs> Wombo Combo, sorry. Maybe oh, I just said Wombo Combo. Like Wombo Combo, yeah. Basically, it was kind of said during one of the uh, Super, Super Smash Brothers competition. And uh, it is a crazy, like, you know, from like 2008, Melee Double Smash. And then, like, the guy, like, I think an announcer or somebody uses, like, an. Yeah, the full quote like of like happy feet, wombo combo, that ain't Falco. It's like <laughs> that is like yeah, kind of a meme from two thousand and eight, all that era ago. When yeah. I was like just arriving in the United States and I was like looking for some funny video to watch on YouTube. Yeah, I mean the Smash Brothers tournaments that'll do it for you. Too bad Nintendo shuts them all down now. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate. You know what? I'm just gonna cut that portion out from our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I mean that's it for the awards. I mean, Baldur's Gate exactly. they swept. Owl Wake Two picked up a bunch. I mean that's all you really need to know. So yeah, yeah. I mean we'll never be satisfied because our favorite games never get nominated. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it wasn't enjoyable to watch some other people succeed. You know, it's very nice. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'm definitely gonna check it out next year, even if I don't know. Hopefully, we're still doing this podcast <laughs> so that if there's a reason to check it out, but. Even if not, I'll probably check it out because uh, I I actually enjoyed it. Just like waiting around for like the next reveal and stuff like that. It was kind of thrilling. It was a little bit thrilling. Yeah. 
I, I mean, it's, I like the way that they reveal them, you know, and yeah. especially we'll go into that a little bit when we start talking about these announcements. So, because it always puts me like on the edge of my seat, you know? Well, speaking of reveals, let's just go ahead and jump into the, uh, jump into it. All the things that were announced. Yeah. Let's just wumbo jumbo. Like, <laughs> wumbo jumbo. I'm, I'm here for it, man. <laughs> You know, before we kind of, let's go ahead and get started, right? You know what was the most surprising of all? It was the God of War Ragnarok Valhalla. When the uh, announcement, not even the announcement, but like when that first kind of like music kind of started playing, I did not see that one coming at all. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, and the thing is too, is like you heard nothing about it, right? I didn't see any leaks that, that they were doing extra stuff for uh, Ragnarok. Um, and to see them come out of left field, with a free DLC coming out on the 12th tomorrow, you know, and it's a roguelike for God of War. Sign me up, my dude. I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like kind of like you know, a good surprise. And considering the fact that, yeah, it's coming out tomorrow now. Yeah. And it's a really good surprise. And they didn't even do the reveal when Christopher Judge was, you know, on the stage. They did yeah. it a little bit later on. So it was like a really surprising. And I like it. And this is a free DLC as well, you know. A good industry practice, maybe. Yes, it was very kind of nice to see. It was like a uh, not nice, to see, but like really exciting to see. It was uh, like you know we we hopefully like when we see more games kind of rewarding their you know long time players like these. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, God of War Ragnarok is it's a really fun game to play. So getting more content for it, free content for it. I mean, you couldn't ask for more. Really, you couldn't. Any other, like, so that was the first one I wanted to cover, but is there any particular announcement that you thought was, like, you know, favorite one for you? Okay, so I, I, I'll i I'll get into it. So my, my favorite one that I saw that got my fucking blood pumping, my dude, it was the last one, Monster Hunter Wilds, baby. <laughs> Holy shit. No gameplay. I don't even give a fuck. I got a year and that's all I need. 2025 Monster Hunter Wilds. I am fucking about that, dude. That shit got me so pumped when I saw it. Yeah. So this particular game, so it's going to be completely with like different sets of uh, animals and stuff like that from like, you know, what we've been playing like Monster Hunter World. Who the fuck knows? (laughs) So a lot of times in these games, you do see a lot of like the same kind of like uh mob animals just like the small ones and stuff um you see them a lot bullfangos and stuff you see them in like every single game um and this one it did look like they were giving us some new ones uh right out the gate of course at the end you saw rathlos fa- flying which i mean what monster hunter game isn't complete without a rathlos you know what i mean so actually i actually do not know what you mean because i've never played this game before. <laughs> dude i'm telling you get into it i've sunk so many hours into this franchise it's unreal i love it so seeing them announce wilds uh, was it, it made my night how friendly is monster hunter for if you want to have a single player kind of uh you can gameplay you can solo the whole thing yourself yeah yeah i mean it's it, there is a skill gap and you know there is a, a get good portion of it. Um, there's always a wall that, that players are going to hit. and But once you overcome that wall and you get good, I mean, it, it just clicks, man. It just clicks and it's it's awesome. 
Well, this one's coming out in 2025, so it's going to be quite a bit of wait until it comes out. Yeah. You know, other that's the GTA 6. But yeah, like, you know, I know you're a big Monster Hunter fan, and I know you've been trying to push me towards it quite unsuccessfully so far. <laughs> but one day, maybe, maybe I might check it out. But like, it's the fact that, you know, this game has so much of online kind of, not dependency, but like content to it. It discourages me from playing it but no. definitely want to check it out i mean it, you can solo everything man i mean you just it you just gotta learn the game that's all it is but it's definitely picked up in popularity and i'm glad that it has um because hopefully we keep getting these awesome bangers i mean i love world i've been actually going back and playing world now uh rise is the newest one that came out with a uh, sunbreak as a dlc i rise is good don't get me wrong but there's just something about World that I just like more. So, well, Rise was released on Nintendo Switch, wasn't it? And so, like, it has kind of limited uh, scope and kind of graphical elements to it. Initially, it was released on the Switch. Um, I think they released it for console and PC, other consoles and PC later. But initially, yeah, it did come out for the Switch. So, yeah, there is some uh, restrictions there, of course, when you come out for the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was- I'm excited for you, man. I'm kind of happy for you. Because, like, the moment I saw it, that's what I first I thought. It's like, oh, <laughs> I think Ian's just, like, screaming right now. Dude, yeah, I, I lost my shit. <laughs> I won't lie to you. I lost my shit when I saw it. It was fucking so good. Um, was it expected? Like, did you no. think it was that- Well, okay, so um, I had heard rumors that Capcom was announcing something at TGA um, that we hadn't seen before. So there was a lot of speculation as to what it could have been. And I quietly said to myself, man, a new Monster Hunter would be fucking awesome. And Capcom delivered for me. So yay for me. Fuck everybody else. (laughs) Uh, And I'm sure a lot of people are happy with it. Mm. For me, one of the uh, reveals that I did not expect also, other than the God of War, was the uh, the Blade game. Blade, yeah. like That was the weirdest kind of announcement i thought because first of all there's a lot of problem happening with actually making the movie blade right now so like i don't know where like the blade the move like in a game comes out with batista and arkin developing it together and it looks hopefully it is more like death loop and you know those kind of games rather than a redfall but yeah it was very surprising when i saw it and until i saw that vampire teeth come out i was like oh man like I did not think it was going to be Blade at all. It was very, very surprising, and I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I mean that shit caught me off guard too. Honestly, um, I didn't even when I saw the Vampire Teeth, I still didn't know what the fuck I was looking at. But I'm glad to hear it. It's a good IP. It's about time we got a good Blade game. So, I mean, ho- hopefully it's good. I'm I'm hoping. I don't know. I kind of wish it would like hope it's more like a third person versus a first person. You know, but yeah, the animation style kind of discouraged from that a little bit because it looked like a kind of those 2d 3d combination kind of animation yeah like you know it was not like a pure 3d not a pure 2d so like usually whenever i see those kind of animation it's like okay so this is gonna be like you know hi-fi rush kind of level game or something like that i think on my notes i do have it as a single player action adventure third person is what they said so I, yeah. think, I think it yeah. is third person, oh, okay. so. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I know, right? I uh, dude, my notes on these things are fucking half ass. So I mean, look at what I got for Hell Divers too. Four player co op, third person shooter can hurt friendly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's for the blade leg, like, and hopefully the game's pretty good. But moving towards the Hell Divers, yeah, two. It comes out February eighth next year. I so this is one I've been keeping my eyes on. Um, it looks interesting and. It looks a lot of fun. It look it reminded me a lot of uh, Starship Troopers or uh, EDF Earth Defense Force. Um, the biggest problem I see with it right now is that so supposedly, from what I've heard, it's going to be a games as a service, which I don't care for. Yeah, I mean, let's see how it kind of comes out. I I'm not familiar with the Hell Divers kind of franchise. I never played the first one either, but. I know you said like this one it looks completely different from how the first one plays. Yeah, I didn't play the first one either, just to be straight up. Um I just I've seen it on the PlayStation store and stuff because obviously when I saw trailers for the Hell Divers 2, I was interested in what Hell Divers 1 was. Um and it's from what I can tell it's more of a XCOM RTS type game, so which I'm not great at. So Yeah, I mean I was just gonna have to wait. It's not too far from now. It's just literally two months from now that yeah. it's released. So you know, we'll see how that one goes. Yeah. But there are, there's like a couple of games that we saw that you know we've been watching teasers and trailers for, but finally now have a release date to it. The one game on my mind for that regard is the Black Myth Wukong. I think we watched its first gameplay teaser like a couple of years ago, and then it went kind of silent. But now. This new reveal showed that it's going to be released in August 24, 2024. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was another one I was kind of keeping an eye on, and it just kind of fell off the radar. Um, yeah. It looked kind of like you were like the Monkey King or something, Chinese mythos. So, yeah, like it. Yeah, it's from adapted, at least like partially adapted from the uh, Journey to the West, which is like the big epic there in China. It's like their Iliad and kind of stuff like that. Yeah. And it covers like a multiple episodic adventures with Monkey King, uh, Sun Wukong. And it is looks pretty good. When, I remember when I first watched the first teaser, the gameplay looked so ahead of a lot of things that was coming out at the time. But now when you look at the same gameplay, it is feels it feels like all the other games have already caught up to it. Yeah. So hopefully when it comes out, you know, it doesn't have too much kind of an expectation or anything. But it it'll be kind of interesting to see what this game is going to deliver after all these years, if it's still going to live up to the hype. Uh, that's what I'm kind of wondering. Cause like, this was interesting because it revealed the gameplay footage before it did like anything regarding story or trailer. They literally showed a boss fight or some elements of it on the first teaser video that we saw of it. Yeah. So that was kind of a uh, interesting play on that. And so that's what people were like believing, Oh, this is going to be a really, a uh, something to watch out for in the future. But now we have a release date, so it'll be kind of cool to check out. Plus, I th I think we need a little bit more games that kind of explores mythology from different parts of the world other than what we are usually see, like, you know, green yeah, mythology or stuff like that. Yeah. So it'll be pretty kind of nice to see, like, a Monkey King kind of story on that end. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely, I'm pumped for it. Um, I'm all about it. I, like you said, I it, it's nice to see some different kind of mythos and and background. So I, I'm for it. I'm all for it. Yeah. Speaking of different kind of mythos, your boy Hideo Kojima also <laughs> revealed Odin, <laughs> the man, the myth himself. You know, fucking man. So my only issue with it is that you know what the hell did he show us? Right? 
Yeah. What did he show us? <laughs> what he showed us is like, you'll see this when you're watching like in a behind the scenes. Uh, it looks like one of those behind the scenes of videos of special effects, of character special effects. Like it doesn't have anything other than like the character's face model and it's what they're saying. So what the dialogue that they use, the purple dinosaur dialogue, it's called a phonetic panogram. So we're talking about the OD trailer, right? Uh, it the what they're saying the words the sentence is called a phonetic panogram. This is basically a sentence that has every alphabet of the English language used in that one sentence. Yeah. And in addition to that, some people also think that this panogram also has all of the possible voices that an English uh, speaker would make. Yeah. So what they're showing is a really good facial animation and a really good like you know translating the facial motion to every sound a human person can make and in different emotions showing this is how good of a technology when it comes to facial, uh, like, you know, people recreation in 3D looks like. And looking at Death Stranding, how good that was, this is a massive technological leap, in my opinion, if you're able to absolutely perfect that 3D face look. That's like the last of the thing that, a lot of the 3D, you know, artists like you know, companies like Weta and a lot of the people who do render animation and stuff like that, they want to achieve is to conquer that uncanny valley of where people can recognize a fake face when they see one. Yeah. So this is like getting closer and closer to it. And when I was looking at it, just looking at the face and the sound of it, it looked, it looked really, really good. Like this is one of the best one I've seen in like a long time. Maybe the last best one I saw was that. Will Smith movie called the Gemini Man, the Gemini Man, Gemini Man, Gemini Man. <laughs> I, like, I forgot how to pronounce that word. The Gemini Man, where like if you pause a frame of the duplicate Will Smith, it looks really, really good. But this one, but when you move that uh, Will Smith's duplicate, you can tell it's a fake. Yeah, it's like that's, that's the uncanny valley, basically. So in this one, they're trying to show case that they are very, very good at now kind of getting closer to overcoming that uncanny valley yeah. or maybe it's just this guy losing his mind and just posting where the fuck he wants to i mean know? it is hideo kojima so i mean yeah. the second one is totally a valid option um yeah, yeah i mean it, the the animation looks fantastic you know but unfortunately it's just there's nothing really there to talk about you know the, the, we don't know what the game's about we know that he's working with Jordan Peele. We know that. Yeah. We know that he wants to do, it's a horror type game and that he wants to basically incorporate more movie style to it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see, you know, um, we got OD and he's got Death Stranding 2 that we know of. So we'll see which one comes out first. Yeah. Well, I hope OD doesn't go down the route of PT, you know, like we just get like a couple of te the one teaser and then that's it. Well, considering this is his studio doing it, I don't. We'll we'll actually get a game, unlike PT, where PT he was getting like basically paid by I can't remember who it was that did that. I think it was the same people that, that it did Silent Hill, uh, Konami or what? Yeah, Konami, but um, someone else. But it, with OD being his his project, we'll see a game come from it. So yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully on my end too. Hopefully we see something. But speaking of beloved Japanese video game makers, I want to talk about Visions of Mana. There's a cute little <laughs> Visions of Mana. Yeah, it looks like I have this kind of a weakness for these cute ass uh, JRPG 
like I'll play like these kind of games, you know. I don't know why I'll spend like hours playing this game. So I'm gonna when I saw the trailer for Visions of Mana, it was pretty exciting. I, it was felt like a Dragon Quest, Nino Nino Kuni kind of game. So like I'm looking forward to that one. It's the third person action hack and slash. So like it'll be kind of fun to kind of check it out. So did you ever play any of the other mana games? Not at all. This is the first time I saw it, and I was like, this is like Dragon Quest XI. I'll play this one definitely. So I've actually played the Secret of Mana games. I played a couple of them. They came out back on like the Super Nintendo and stuff. So when I saw them, uh, saw this trailer for Visions of Mana, I was actually really excited to see it because, I mean, we haven't seen a, another a Mana game in ages now. I think the the PlayStation or maybe the PS2 was the last time we saw one. So yeah, 15 years, right? That's yeah. Like- quite a while since we've seen anything yeah so i mean it's it's great to see that they're coming out with another one and i'm interested to see kind of um what they do with it really if if they keep more to how the old mana games were or if they're going to implement some new stuff so it'll be I, i'm looking forward to it to say the least yeah these jrpgs like nino kuni and dragon quest they really nailed that adventure feeling that yeah. you have when you play like these kind of games and it never feels tiring at all it's kind of like it's cute it's nice and the graphics are pretty simple but it always makes you feel like you had such a good adventure and you made friends friends along the way yeah 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 it feels it was very genuine when you play it yeah it it really does and it's it's just campy dude it's yeah it's not a stress it's not there to stress you out like souls or anything like that so it's something that you can just easily get into and play and enjoy so i'm hoping that they have some multiplayer elements to it because they had that in the old ones um so i'm hoping they continue to have some multiplayer elements in that where you could just have like drop in drop out co-op or something so i think that would be pretty cool um i I definitely this after this announcement it's definitely on my list to kind of look out for but Speaking of, I mean, you're talking about stress. I mean, what's going to give you more stress than Jurassic Park Survival? <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park Survival, man. So this one, I, I don't know about you, but this one kind of piqued my interest a lot because it looked to me a lot like Alien Isolation, but just in the Jurassic Park universe. Yeah, that's what it looked like, except like, you know, instead of, it didn't look like a trap. I mean, they, technically the character is trapped in the uh, Jurassic Park itself and they'll probably have to kind of deal with multiple enemies instead of just one, like an alien isolation. Yeah. But it kind of like, you know, so this takes place like one day after the movie, the first movie, because you see that hat and everything, you know, the uh, hat of that uh, Alan, Dr. Alan Grant's uh, hat and stuff like that. So like it's taking place pretty close to it and it looks like overall kind of like, you know, survival more than anything else. But we didn't really see any kind of gameplay, so we don't really know what it's going to actually end up looking like. Like, Alien Isolation has this kind of a gameplay that, in my opinion, it is not as easy to mimic as people think. Like, a condensed, trapped-in-a-box, and basic survival kind of mechanism. It'll be fun to see if the dinosaurs can repl- replicate it. But when I see dinosaurs, I want to see us being able to shoot a dinosaur, too. <laughs> There was this one game that came out this year, didn't it? That you could shoot a lot of dinosaurs. Uh, Exoprimal. Exactly. So yeah. I need when I see dinosaurs, I want to first thing I want to do is like shoot them. Like I don't want to survive them. I, just, I don't know. I mean, but that, that's like yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say like you know it's since it looks so much like Alien Isolation and like Outlast too. Actually, um, yeah. you know I I want to see 
how kind of true it is to the movie because you take you know it takes place on that island so i want to know like do i get to go to the cafeteria you know we saw that we we saw her in the the kitchen where the the raptors chase the kids but do i get to go to the cafeteria do i you know do i get to see all the pens and stuff do i get to see the raptor pen you know like what exactly how are we going to get off this island i want to know so yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I'll be honest, Jurassic Park is not really my favorite um, no? kind of franchise. There's only, uh, here's my honest opinion. There's only one good Jurassic Park movie in that entire franchise. That's yeah, the first one. I think it's the first one. Everything else is a progress, not progressively, sorry, regressively worse movie after the other. Yeah. Except maybe The Lost World. Yeah, Lost World is good too pretty okay kind of movie but yeah most of the jurassic park movies are just uh it's not very good well it's it's the jurassic world movies that suck <laughs> the jurassic that park movies are good <laughs> oh my god did, did you watch the most recent one in that one it's so crazy that the dinosaurs like human beings living with the dinosaur is not even the central part of the movie it's the bunch of locust and yeah. insect yeah i was like you're, you're not focusing on the most important part, like the most fun part about how human beings are learning to live with dinosaurs. Yeah. Now, instead of focusing on this locust and stuff. Yeah, it it was such a crap movie, dude. So we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> not not in not in your household. Either. Yeah, you don't talk. About it. No, we're not excited about that one. But I'll tell you one that I am excited about, my dude. Uh, Den yeah. of Wolves. Oh yeah. Den of Wolves. We didn't see a whole lot of it, but this is we're talking about the the guy that um the original Payday and Payday 2 before he left the studio um and also from the creators of GTFO, which that's a game on Steam, really good. Um looks like heists, so more stealing shit. Hopefully it'll be better than Payday 3 cuz that's a steaming pile of shit. Um futuristic type, so I, I want to see more about it because we didn't really see anything about it. So, yeah, that trailer was badass. It was, right? That, you know, it looked really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like an interrogation kind of thing, and then uh, it's in a futuristic kind, futuristic world. I thought that trailer was pretty badass. Of course, I prefer my trailer with like a little bit of gameplay for this too. But yeah. I thought, like you know, overall, it really got me like pumped up. I want to see what this game is going to look like either. But if this game is again like you know multiplayer, uh, I'm not probably going to be into it. But if it's like has a single player element, I'd probably definitely be looking forward to it. I'm thinking it's probably going to have multiplayer to it. Unfortunately, considering it's it's GTFO and Payday One and Two, you know, developers yeah. more or less, it's going to be multiplayer based. So if it has good AI, it still kind of feels like a single player game. Maybe I'm gonna yeah. check it out. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, always something to look forward to. You know. So yeah, did it have any release date to it? I don't think so. Right? No, it w- it was literally just a just a trailer of just like this is what's going on. Here's one another uh, trailer that I thought was kind of interesting that I wanted to get your opinion on. Uh, Rise of the Ronin. Rise of the Ronin. Yeah, it's the Team Ninja people that made the uh, Neo One and Two third person Souls like hack and slash. The reason I wanted to kind of get your opinion on it is that these are the same people who made Wo Long Fallen Dynasty, another game that came out this year to middling kind of reception a little bit. Like a lot of people enjoyed it, but it was easily forgotten. So it looked very similar to, you know, the Rise of the Ronin from the gameplay standpoint and everything else. It looked very similar to what Wolong Fallen Dynasty looked like. 
So what do you think? Like, and do you think this will excite you or do you look forward to it? So, okay, this is what I'm going to say about Rise of the Ronin. Okay. Um, I did play Neo 1 and 2. And I, I enjoyed both those games. I really did. Um, Dy- Wulong, I didn't enjoy as much as Neo 1 and 2. Um, but I feel like this, this dev team, they missed their mark. Um, I feel like they try to recapture what Dark Souls had, or maybe Dark Souls 3 or whatever. They try to recapture that fire and they just, it, it escapes their grasp every time. Um, I felt like with Neo 2, they were starting to kind of find their niche because um, it was a little bit better than Neo 1. Um, but then it, it completely changed again. To me, it seemed like in Wulong. Um, I really liked the direction that Neo 1 and 2 were going. I'm, I am interested to see where Rise of the Ronin lands. Um, and I'm actually, I've been really excited about this game for quite some time. I will tell you, though, the one thing I'm not excited about is the release date. Mm, the uh i'm looking at it right three now three twenty two yeah. twenty twenty four you think it's too soon for this game no that's the same exact day that dragon's dogma 2 comes out oh <laughs> <laughs> oh man i thought like you were like worried that they were trying to put this like ah. dude for me it's not even a debate i know exactly which game i'm gonna play yeah it's dragon's dogma 2 <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah so that's what i mean like it, i feel like it's coming out at the worst time uh, yeah so it, like do you think this one will be like Wolong as in like people might enjoy it but then kind of get for, like forget about it yeah I, I think it's gonna more or less flop for the studio um, I think that's a bad time to release man yeah uh, I, I am interested to see it though like I do want to play it when it comes out it's just I'm not gonna be playing it right when it comes out that's for sure it, you know interesting we didn't see anything on the Dragon's Dogma 2 in this award show so I, I, I did release the whole 11 minute kind of you know intro and gameplay and everything to it but yeah well they did say too that they wanted to focus more on premieres versus stuff we've already seen so i'm actually surprised that they did show rise of the ronin because there's been trailers and that's been floating around out there for quite some time so i i was surprised to see them talk about that um maybe they paid them enough you know yeah i mean it's just honestly it's the same thing as a warhammer 40k space marine 2 that trailer there. I'm surprised we saw a trailer from them because that wasn't a reveal re- reveal trailer. This is something we've seen before. So, um, another game I'm looking forward to, though, honestly. Yeah, I know there has been so many multiple entries to the Warhammer 40k uh, like video game portion, but I have never really caught on to any single one of them. I know there's been like Total War section and stuff. It's never really been a franchise that really drew me in. Yeah, I mean. I'm starting to enjoy the D&D kind of stuff because of the Baldur's Gate. Maybe if I give this one a chance, it might draw me into the Warhammer universe too. You might, which I hear is much more dense. You might not want to jump into this one then because this one's going to be more of a third-person action game than a D&D type game. Yeah, but like, I mean, that will give me a some like introduction to the universe. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. It'll help me. Like, it's such a dense universe too. It's a very oh. dense universe to get into. So, like, this one will help me kind of, like, you know, ease into it. And, oh, I like this certain section. Maybe I'll check out a little bit more. Maybe I'll go to YouTube and watch 10-minute videos on Warhammer 40K lore or something like that. Yeah, because I believe uh, Dark Tide was is also part of the uh, Warhammer series. Um, another game I was hoping that would be good, but ended up not being great. <laughs>
And we'll see about that. Yeah. Um, light no fire. Talk to me, Ari. Yeah. Oh man, I'm excited about this one. I think they took everything that uh, the Hello Games studio took everything that they learned about the No Man's Sky and decided to put it all in one single planet. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. Because I, I think the, all the expansions, all of the things that they have learned by creating different models of planet through the procedural g- generation, they have learned how to put that all together and it's going to be in one single game. So you'll be exploring different kinds of terrains and stuff like that. It looks like an actual... Oh, I'm going to have a fucking adventure. I'm going to go out and have a great adventure and stuff like that kind of game. And I'm really kind of excited. And plus, instead of sci-fi, they're doing a high fantasy kind of thing. Yeah, I I honestly, when they announced this, I'm kind of pumped for it. Um, You know, a lot of my gripe with a lot of like the exploring the universe type games, like with No Man's Sky, Starfield, um, it's just that you get to explore the universe, but there's nothing to see. You know, yeah, you just kind of go out there and everything's empty and dead. So hopefully where we get to just stay on one planet, I want to see this thing fleshed out, you know. Even on that end, the Ian, like I think No Man's Sky, you can't really put it in the same space as the uh, Starfield. Because in my opinion, yes, they probably started out in the similar kind of vein. But as they've kind of gone overall, and I know you don't follow the expansions and stuff like that. But they have learned how to create multiple layers of exploration. Like one of my favorite part about the exploration that they have is as you travel through a certain galaxy, you run into some alien ruins. And what you can do with the ruins is that you learn a single word from that ruin. And as you build up those exploration, it rewards you by helping you communicate with that alien species in their language. Like those kind of smaller details that No Man's Sky has learned throughout their years of exploration when it comes to space, that's what I want to see like in those little details being put into this game. And that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. So like, I will agree with you where, yeah, right now where, where No Man's Sky is at, it is leagues better than Starfield for sure. But it took them a long time to get there. Right. And when it first released, it was not good. <laughs> yeah. They learned a lot of lessons along the way. And that's their value, in my opinion, is the fact that that all of those lessons are now being put together in one game. Yeah. I like, mean, I'm hoping it's good. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. I want to see, you know, what they put out and I want to see what this world looks like. Yeah. They they didn't decide to make like a No Man's Sky 2, like continuing on that property. They yeah. decided like, okay. No Man's Sky, you know, we've done so much over the years. I think it's time to kind of uh, focus on something else. Yep. And let No Man's Sky as it is, let it continue as it is, implement some of the, you know, newer technology onto it maybe, but then take all the lessons that you learned from years of, you know, improving this game. Let's put that in a new game. That's what I want to see. It's like, what yep. did they learn and how are they going to implement it? Yeah, I mean, it, I'm hoping it's good. I, I, you know, like you said, hopefully they learned a lot. And yeah. I just, I don't want it to be an empty world. I just want some fleshed out, like, cool places to explore, shit to find. Exactly. Even the, I think even the award host was, like, kind of teasing them about, like, you know, <laughs> setting their expectations about, like, you know, when they yeah. used it, like, and then the guy from the Hello Games, uh, he just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of reeled it back a little bit. Um, yeah. Is there any other ones you want to talk about? 
the there's this one the finals it's finals. already out have you have you seen anything regarding this game and it's supposed to be like a shooter extraction and stuff like that but it looked really cool on the trailer but i know it's already supposed to be at the first season supposed to be at i haven't really seen anybody playing it um i've seen a couple people playing it and a couple people that i have seen playing it seem to really enjoy it i i did download it myself i haven't been able to really have the time to get into it um, I would like to because the destructible environments is what's really drawn me to it. Uh, reminds me a lot of Red Faction, the original one, with how you can kind of destroy pieces of the building and take the building out. So yeah. I think I think that's the best part about this game is the destructible environments. And I think that is going to make this game stand out. Yeah, uh, that's what I... But what is it exactly? Like, it, what kind of game is it? It is, it's a shooter BR extraction. Uh, you have, there's, I think, three teams of three or four teams of three. Um, and basically, you're trying to get the cash prize, man. It's kind of like that, um, just like that, that kooky, over-the-top, like, game show type game. It's like that, but it's a shooter. And it's kind of satire as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a game. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay, yeah, the trailer looked really, really good. That's why yeah. I was like, kind of wondering what exactly it is. It's already out, and now I'm kind of hearing about. It. It'll be kind of nice to check it out. Yeah, um, it looks really good too. Like I, w- I did the um, tutorial and like blowing up the buildings. It's pretty fucking dope, <laughs> you know. And like yeah. just all the destructible shit. It's pretty fucking cool. So. I'll definitely check it out. I'll see, you know, who else is kind of playing it and what it looks like. Uh, rest of these games, let's just go ahead and kind of speed run through it. Yeah. Uh, the Senwa Saga Hellblade 2 looks great. It's the mental illness of the game. Yeah. It'll be kind of nice to see horror element. The performance that they did for the song from this game was really, really good. Yeah. I'm putting that in my Spotify favorites and then listening to it while yeah. I go to work. I'm like, <laughs> do whatever I do. The interesting another one was the new Sega game remakes that are coming out. Jet Set Radio, uh, Golden Axe, Crazy Taxi, Shinobi. Shinobi. And the interesting part about all of these is that they look like different types of kind of games. It's like like they're not focusing on just like, you know, third person kind of stuff. They're like trying to experiment with different types of gameplay and they don't look all like, you know, AAA kind of level games. So that's really exciting for Sega because they've been drifting off on Yakuza and Persona for too long. Yeah. You know that that's just a remake bundle that they're doing, right? Yeah, basically it is a remake bundle, but yeah. they look like they have been worked on really, really well, and yeah. they look like you know it's like something to kind of check out. Uh, it's like a, not a big serious game like Yakuza is a big kind of burger yeah. you're eating, but like this one's like a really quick kind of getting into it. Crazy Taxi looks really, really good in my opinion. The small snippets that we saw. Yeah, I mean Crazy Taxi yeah. is like a cult classic, and same thing with like Jet Set Radio and Shinobi, even. Yeah, I want to take a quick. Um, tangent and talk about the ad itself that that apartment those two kids were living in like those people are too young to have an apartment like that yeah but if they were adults they cannot have an apartment like that it looked there's no human being that exists that lives in that kind of conundrum man that's just i mean like, what do you do like what do you, what is their life what do they do that they have that kind of apartment in the middle of a city it looks like a $3,000 a month kind of apartment. So that's actually super on par with like 90s, early 2000s uh, Sega commercials. Like it is legit on par with that stuff. 
they look like they belong to a foot clan from Ninja Turtles. You know? yeah, yeah, that's how all of their commercials looked like back in the day. So, I mean, they literally just recreated. And it, it makes sense when you're talking about that this is just like a remake, that they're just yeah. remaking all these older games, that they would use a throwback commercial like that. Throwback. This is like... Yeah. The 90s are coming back, man. Like you said, the Foot Clan's right. coming back. We're going to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. That is true, man. That is true. All the, like, the... Uh... Like the Ninja Turtle movie that came out was pretty good. It's a pretty good movie. Didn't yeah. check it out. But yeah, I was just like looking at that apartment. And I'm like, man, what do you people do? But- like, what's your <laughs> job? Like, how do you afford this kind of apartment in the middle of a downtown city? I'm like, tell me, teach me, you know? Teach me that. And why does, yeah, why does your green look like a 12 year old's like fantasy dream or something? It's just, I thought I want my room to look like. <laughs> Yeah, but like you're a grown adult who can make money. They those two look like kids. You know? Yeah, yeah. All right, now, enough of that rant. But yeah. moving forward, you know, Suicide Squad. Oh man, I I don't know what to say. Like you know, I know they've done tried to do some improvements of it. It still doesn't look like you know any kind of unique uh, game to me. It doesn't look like I'm playing like a superhero or super villain kind of game. It looks like I'm playing a Fortnite single player more than anything else, or just like and, Avengers reskin. Basically, and also that one boss fight, boss fight section with uh, Flash, where the Flash is not moving at all. You know, the fastest man on the planet, you know, not moving <laughs> during a fight. Yeah, yeah, that looks amazing. But that Green Lantern boss fight looked really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, Nine Green Lantern. I don't know, man. We'll just have to see when this thing comes out because it's been pushed back. It's gotten pushed back. You know, the fans have not been happy with it. So we just have to see what the hell they did with this game. You know, it, it was yeah. interesting at first, but then the games as a service thing. Like, it's just it's a mess, dude. Just release it. To be fair, yeah, to be fair, I don't even know what I would expect from a Suicide Squad game if it's a single player kind of game, too. Like, I really don't know. Is it going to be like Gotham Knight where you can do a co-op with your friends? That would be pretty nice. It would also hide a lot of flaws that the game might have if it's good enough for a co-op kind of game. Yeah, like it did with Gotham Knight, in my opinion. But kind of moving on, the Ready or Not uh, tactical first-person shooter trailer looked really good as well. I know this game has already been out in beta, and a yep. lot of people actually enjoy it. Yep, and it has a really good AI uh, for your uh, NPCs on how they kind of plan out on how to attack you. It looks really, really cool. So the graphics looks awesome, and it'll be something to kind of watch out for. Yeah, I know the people that have played it have said it's really good, and it's one that I'd like to get into. I just I need to get that PC, man. Yeah, move forward with the first Descendants. It looks like Attack Against Titan, but with like a much more better looking Titan. Yeah. It looked like the boss fight looked awesome. Uh, although it looked more like a game, not not a gameplay trailer. It looked like, you know, yeah. pre-rendered stuff. Yeah. But it's still a long way from now. Like in 2024, it's still getting released next year, but uh, we'll see how that one goes. Yeah. I mean, it's and- on my list, so, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. On our list, you know, it just looked really good on the kind of uh, announcements yeah. and stuff. I, like, I haven't heard of it before, so I'll keep an eye on it for sure. Uh, the next one is the Make a Break, Gundam, the game. That one is, basically, that was just an announcement for a closed alpha test that is coming soon. But from what I saw, it looked like what I had always hoped Armored Core would be like, or a Gundam Mecha game would be like. Yeah. It, it looked like... like- uh, it, like you said, it, more of a Gundam type, like a Gundam wing or something like that. Um, yeah. That's what I'm looking for. So it'd be interesting to check out for sure. Yeah, some of those boss fights look 
really good. And yeah. the robot designs look like, you know, you're watching uh, that, that Aldenoa Zero or something like that. Yeah. It's really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, I think overall, that's all of the uh, trailers that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. People, lots of things to kind of look forward to, right? Yeah. I mean, the next year is looking good. Um, especially kind of the beginning of the year where we'll see some good shit and then mid to year, you know, we'll see some decent stuff and we already know we got stuff to look for in 2025. So I, I think as far as announcements go, you couldn't really ask for anything more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Lots of things to look forward to. We'll play a couple of these games over the year that as it comes out as well. So it'll be nice to kind of like, you know, a lot of these, uh, announcements are also pretty recent kind of releases. So that's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, It'll be nice to kind of go back and see how we feel about them once we've played them. So, yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. I think we have covered quite a bit of things. Yeah. <laughs> in the podcast today. Quite a bit of I, content. I told you it's going to be a big one, man. I mean, it, what happens with TGA? Exactly. I don't mind at all. I mean, I didn't mind watching it. I enjoyed watching it and I absolutely love talking about it too. So that's really cool. Yeah. And I think. We can kind of start wrapping up the show as well. Uh, well, Ian, let's just go ahead and say, you know, again, thank you for joining. And thank you, Ian, for joining and talking about video games with me. And I look forward to checking these games out next year with you. And if anybody wants to reach out to us, uh, you can always reach out at hypingbastards at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week. Eh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Later. Later.